Welcome to From the Factory Floor, the Football Factory Podcast. I'm Stephen Carrowitz, and tonight it's the first podcast of the year. So we're going to talk about a little Antonio Conte love and Chelsea, a little Mauricio Pochettino, I like him a lot, Tottenham, and a little bit of Jose Mourinho, I got to admit I was wrong. So sit back, relax, and you know we even save our big love for Joe Kinnear. It's time for From the Factory Floor. I'm on a Welcome to the first podcast of the year, everybody, and uh, big, big, it's like, it's like the best of times and, and the best of times, no, uh, no tale of two cities for us. We have uh, basically the important, the crowd, the cool kids, the originals, the OG gangsters, and Jason Slavsky. Um, so let's start. Um, <laughs> say hello to our, our good friend, Jason Slavsky. Hello, Jason. Here. Hello. Hello. Um, my footballing brain uh, from the NY Gooners, Barry Sherrington. Hello, everyone. Um, Happy New Year. Mr. <laughs> Blue himself uh, from the New York Blues, uh, Fernando de Leon. Hello. And um, our, our good friend from Cleveland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, everywhere he's from, um, we are so happy to welcome back um, Mr. Spurs, Zach Wassink. Hey, guys, let's hope uh, we're not all dead come this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. Go go living. Yeah. This is our last Obama, you know. Uh, this is our last Obama, our our last free podcast. Um, and in, uh, in honor of that, there's, I'm going to do something I never do, which is let's talk about Man City. Um, what's the best thing to talk about? Should we talk about that? Uh, Yaya Toure is basically turning down, let's see, four hundred and thirty thousand pounds a week from the Chinese Super League. Just to stay behind and sit on the bench as Pep's, Pep's boys get taken apart 4-0 by uh, four shots on goal, four goal, Everton. Um, and who, anybody want to jump in on this one? Am I glee? Am I strum and drum? Maybe we need to talk about Pep picking his nose on the interview, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody seems to be obsessing over this. Listen, this has happened before. This happens at least once a season. Somebody gets picked on. You guys on. know the real reason with Pep, right? Pep, I, I, I can break the news here that when the New York Red Bulls sold Dax McCarty to the Chicago Fire, they're about to hire Pep. It's happening. All those rumors from like five years ago, guys. It's happening, boys. Uh, I, guess... I, I think the, the funny bit is he looks so insulted when he's questioned. I mean, in actual fact, I did write some stuff down about how, you know, the differences between him under pressure in an interview and Conte, uh, Antonio Conte, when he was asked about um, Costa. And, you know, one got indignant at being asked, you know, Pep, you know, how dare you question me sort of thing. And then Conte just said, well, I'm telling you the truth. If you choose to not believe the truth, then I can't tell you anything different. We'll we'll get to Conte, but I am, I mean, considering how much I've hated Chelsea managers in the past, and certainly just sometimes not cared about Chelsea managers in the past, I am I am starting a, a serious bromance with Antonio Conte. <laughs> but um, I I think the the important question I want to ask about City though is, it is this an example where Pep is just not ready to face. The Premier League. What everybody had said, you know, hey, listen, when you're Bayern and Barcelona, it's, you know, when you're playing in a two or three team league, 
Well, now you're in a six, seven, eight team league. I seriously, the top ten clubs, top with eight muggers, clubs. muggers as well. That's the thing. That we've always said, you know, any team in the league can on their day mug you. Yeah. But I mean, Fernando, look, Chelsea are this year's juggernaut, and yet you know that when you face, let's say, the top six, seven teams behind you any one of them if you lost to them it wouldn't be the shock of the century it wouldn't be that massive a shock to you if you lost to a liverpool an arsenal even an everton i'm not saying you'd be happy about it but right this is this is an acceptable situation in the premier league yeah i mean i just think his problem is he i think likely was sold a bill of goods on who they were going to buy and being told the players were better than he probably knew about and these and they're not um you know that the team just isn't good enough to play the way uh he wants them to play um you're talking about uh the two other places he went where the barcelona and munich were stacked with world-class players at pretty much every position um and he doesn't have that here um, you, you know, I, I don't think anyone considers him a defensive coach, and a lot of their problems could be solved tomorrow if they had two uh, legitimate central defenders. Um, so, um, you know, I don't, you know, part of it is him, obviously, his reluctance to change how he wants his team to play, considering they can't handle um, playing that way. And the other is just the team isn't that good uh, or, or as good as we all thought. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think, at least me, this is me probably having too much faith in the, the quality of the attack of the attacking options they have there. But I don't think they're going to finish out in the top four. But certainly with the way things are right now, with the way the league is shaping up, it wouldn't be a surprise if they did. I think it would be a huge embarrassment if they did, but it wouldn't. It, it would no longer surprise that if that was the case. Hey, I gotta tell you something. As an Arsenal fan, with our inconsistency, I'm praying to God that City doesn't finish in the top four because it's looking incredibly likely that that fourth spot is the United City Arsenal spot. And right, and you know what? And, and you make a good point because for that scenario to happen, you always need to count on one of the three or four teams having a terrible year or at least having an off year last year it was chelsea's turn to have that and someone took their spot and this year could very well be city's turn to give up that top four spot yeah well, let, let's think about where we were a year ago it was i actually remember this i was thinking about it as steven right before steven called us it was right about a year ago when i came on after the move to cleveland and lester were in first and what did we talk about what was the big story that yeah, it's a great story with Leicester, but the Premier League sucks. The Premier League was awful last year. It was one of the worst yeah. seasons for overall talent. You're not going to fix that in a year. Are Tottenham do Tottenham look better right now than they did a year ago? Well, I think so, yes. But it's still the same team, essentially. Yeah, they're going to grow under Pochettino and you're hoping Ericsson found his form and such, etc. But they're still the same team. This is not the Premier League from even earlier this decade where the top four teams could potentially all make ways in the Champions League. You're looking at teams right now. Our City have talent, but 
this isn't the city that won the Premier League. Chelsea are far and away still the best squad, even though I don't think they're playing as well as Tottenham are, but it's that magical time of year when Tottenham play well. <laughs> Arsenal are Arsenal. They're still, they're, it's the same team from last year that easily could get hot in March and finish second or could finish fifth. Mm-hmm. It, I, people had these expectations that, oh, well, Pep's coming in, now City are going to be champions. Like, why? And I, I think that we all did it. I thought they'd be better than they are right now. So well, it's I think not... They're, they're... It's not just they're not better. I, mean, I think a big part is that company has been injured. Mm-hmm. And, and if company and stones are together, then you've got a master and a youngster to do the running around behind the master. Yeah. Problem is, Otamende and who are, whoever else they've got in, in defense are crap. We, we said they weren't worth the money last year. And I think you could has, argue Stones you know, ain't worth the money either. No, I, I, I think, think Stones I, I, is as a work in progress if he's got okay. someone to learn off. Yeah, If you put Stones alongside Koscielny, Company, uh, Vertonghen, yeah? um, mm-hmm. someone who's there for a while. Stones is only 21. Stones sucks. <laughs> I, I don't think he does. I, I think he's I think he's been, uh, because of the, the 50 million tag and you know, all the rest of it and, and pushed, or I think it was 50 mil they paid for him. But, you know, the, the whole, at 21, we all know, you know, the defenders, uh, you know, Koscielny's just signed a new deal. He's 31 and he's just coming into his prime. You know, that, that's, that's the thing. And I think that that's part of the problem is that their back four or five or whatever, or whatever they play is not as good. He didn't, Pep did not do his homework. Because otherwise, he'd have been crying out for more than just one replacement on his back four. Well, I think he also wanted to play. I, I think he also wanted to play that attacking. You know, you you defend by attacking, hmm. kind of football. Hmm. And he saw. I'm going to steal a stat from um, the Guardian uh, podcast, but you know, he he saw. I got Sonia and I got Clichy. Hmm. Yeah, except hmm. Sonia's 34 and Clichy's 32. We're going on 32. Hmm. Um, you're not. Nobody's winning anything with 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 that going on. In in uh, as you two as you left and right back, and I, I, Stones, Fernando. I think it was you and I had this argument last year towards the end of last season where I really was down on Stone. Or at one point I said, you know, Stones is not a player for right now, and or maybe it was you, Jason. I don't remember, but I, and I, I I remain convinced he's not a player. He's like Barry says. He's a 21-year-old defender. He should not be starting regularly, and he certainly shouldn't be starting regularly for a team the quality of, or the supposed quality of a Man City. And the fact that there are I, three games that I could think of off the top of my head where he has committed a howler that has cost them a match, that's, that's you you got to do better. And if you're not coming from a team with, that really protects its defense, you know, it's it's players who play back there you know sir alex is going well, to that's, a player that's, like that, that the, those stone situations though again if company's there company's senior man in the defense at that point he's shouting at him telling him what to do in those situations just clear it do not pass yeah he'd be getting a shout he doesn't uh, one of those uh, actually this year it was actually he was passed it was such a bad pass from i think it was otamendi who was alongside him and he had nowhere to go but he didn't, you know, he tried to dribble his way out. He had the, the, the exuberance of youth, which proved to be stupid. But 
you know, in most cases, you try and give it a good old heave-ho and whack it into row Z and reset. But he didn't have anyone. There's yes. no one in that back four at the moment, or back five, including the keeper, who is actually bossing it and saying, this is what it's going to be. This is, you know, this is what you need to do. At this point, they've got to fix it. You know what? That's, I yeah, I think it's safe to say that's as much as I want to talk about City for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, <laughs> bye, City. Um, by the way, I did just find a quick stat of of the of the bigger clubs. They are the oldest. They are the oldest. They are the fourth oldest team uh, in the Premier League. Uh, West Brom, who have a squad of only twenty players, is averages at twenty eight point six years. Leicester is twenty eight point five. Stoke is twenty eight, and Manchester City is twenty seven point nine. Put it in perspective. Spurs obviously are the youngest team, twenty four point nine. Chelsea, surprisingly, young, fourth youngest team, 25.6, and Arsenal right in the middle. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, I do, if it's okay with Fernando, I do want to talk about Spurs next because as good as Chelsea are doing right now, and despite the 2-0, the team that everybody kind of just goes, yeah, they don't play so well, and yet they just don't seem to stop winning. Zach Spurs, they just, like you say, same team, um, same Pochettino, and now, of course, you're going to have, you know, no Vertonghen for several weeks, but this has to be very reassuring. The way that you guys went into, that you guys went up against Chelsea, that was, that was just some impressive football. This has been Tottenham's way since Harry was in charge, though. They get hot in the festive period. They keep it through January. Then Europa League comes back around, and they've got another cup competition, regard whatever it is, uh, depending on the season. And the matches catch up to them. You get the March. You get the April. Fatigue sets in, and they'll fall back. I have no reason to assume that's not going to happen this season. We talked about it last year. It's exactly what happened. It's they so just what ran out of gas. Time. Yeah. And I, again, yeah, they're older, but they still are a young team. And they can, you know, Pochettino talked about it last year about not wanting, he doesn't care about finishing ahead of Arsenal. He didn't, he wanted to win the league. It became brutally honest they couldn't do it. They were never going to get over the top. And the minute they learned that they couldn't, they were done. I don't know that they're going to get that close once the schedule congestion comes into play. So, yeah, they're, they're playing great right now. They're going to try to win Europa League. And I do think there's a part of at least Pochettino, if not those above him, who think that might be their best avenue to, to get back into the Champions League. Because let's be honest, they were horrible in the Champions League. Horrible. Yeah, but and don't they you, showed but everybody is, no heart in it. Everybody is their first couple, their first, certainly their first time out, everybody is. Even the first or second time out, every it, it is such a different ball game that even when you have players on your team, when City went in the first few times, they had guys mm. on their squad who had been there and they still were utterly unprepared for it. And playing, the playing, first, look, playing the first at Wembley, two times, they didn't qualify. So, yeah, playing, first two times they, City played, they, they didn't get out of the group. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, it's and a Wembley really sucked. Weird time. Yeah, it's a really weird time for the club right now. They're losing their home. Fans are pissy about it. Well, is yeah, that the thing that worries get... you, Zach? The, the West Ham effect. 
Well, because I mean, here's here's the funny thing that you're going to go through it next year or the year yeah. after, and then Chelsea are going to go through it in a couple of years' time. Um, I yeah, mean, it, I get it's it. It's an interesting thing. It's what are you going to do? Yeah. This was yeah. inevitable. This was inevitable from the Under Armour partnership, the EA Sports deal they had back in like 2012 when they came here and played at Red Bull Arena the second time. They've always been looking for this partnership with the NFL. It was always on their minds, and now they got it. And it is what it is. I'm not. I, I understand it. It's a business. They can get more than thirty thousand to a home game, especially for a Champions League game. And I do understand it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be unlike anything that the club has ever uh, played in front of ever had to deal with and i don't know I, you can't really say what the effect's going to be because well the interesting to... thing was I, I was listening to uh um who was it lee dixon was talking about because he played at both the emirates and highbury and mm-hmm. he said and we never we never really you know gave a great insight because he, he said well all of a sudden i didn't know where i was on the pitch because he was talking mm-hmm. about west ham and the problems they're having at the moment he said i used to know a face when i walked past uh, was running back and I got to a certain point, I could see a certain face, and I'd know, oh, I'm at the 18-yard line, without looking across at the 18-yard line, because the season ticket holder's right there, and he sees him in week in, week out. Right. And, and you know, then he said all oh, the hoardings as well, before they weren't electronic, <laughs> you know, he knew when he got to the, uh, the whatever, the, the Adidas or whatever hoarding it was, you know, that was there, Bob's Builders, that's when he was at the six-yard line, so he knew, you know, where to draw a line, and I, that's going to be interesting for you guys when you when you have that. But right really, now, my big... the, the question I have for you is: Do you think Pochettino has learned from last year in terms of cranking up the intensity and also having the closing game only in bursts where it's effective, as opposed to trying to make your team do it for the whole game? I don't see it yet. I don't see the killer instinct in them. Again, this isn't isn't even three years ago where Tottenham beating Chelsea three years ago would have been, whoa, Tottenham beat Chelsea. Well, now we've seen them do it. We've seen them beat Arsenal. We've seen them destroy City. We've seen them boss United. We've seen them beat United at Old Trafford and make it look relatively easy. Yeah. I need to see them get... Obviously, fitness is a concern, whether it was back in the day with when Bale went down, when they lost to Foe, when they had a real chance to finish second. Even last year, as we've said, they were completely gassed by, I'd say, even March, and they just kind of limped through April. What happens? What happens in Europe? What happens in February? Can they sustain through multiple trips? Can they stay in the FA Cup? What will it do to them? I have no idea. But it, just from what I've seen this year, it looks like the same team in in talent, in skill, in patience, yes. But this is the same team that fell to third. Why can't they fall to fifth? Of course they can. And I think right now people are have this like glowing look at, at Tottenham because of how well they've played, and that's great. I need to get to April before I can really go, you know what, we're here. We're here. Because I don't think they're any better than they were last year. I think of the same team. It is interesting, though. You do have the issue where, you know, Pochettino is about to become the next, and I think he's been flirting with this for a while, but he's about to become the next hot 
manager for a gigantic club. Um, you know, obviously Zidane has turned out to be just fine at Real, but if that goes bad, uh, you, uh, at least from my perspective, Pochettino is, is the next Real Madrid manager. Um, well, uh, when Barry and, and you brought up with the stadium mm-hmm. and what might happen, that's part of my concern is they need to remain in the Champions League up to when that opens because then you can't excuse it. Now you are, whether you like it or not, a massive club yeah. with the brand new stadium, a partnership with the NFL. You're going to have NFL. You're going to have an NFL pitch right there, for God's mm. sakes. You're going to have those home games. You're getting more than two, and anybody who doesn't understand what's about to happen with the NFL yeah. in Europe, you're yeah. just not paying attention mm-hmm. anymore. If they're in the Champions League, then you can't sell it. You can't sell. Well, you know what? We got 80 million for Deli Alley. No. Fans aren't going to buy that anymore. You can't sell. We couldn't keep a hold of Pochettino. He went to the biggest club in the world. No, you can't do that anymore. You are the big boys, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, you shouldn't have signed this damn deal. Um, well, I got to tell you something. In the meantime, it is thoroughly enjoyable watching this team play. And it is thoroughly enjoyable watching you and Chelsea play with three defenders. I, I am... I am shocked, horrified, and dismayed, but enjoying every every freaking moment of it. Um, now, the moment that everybody has been waiting for, my apologia, my mea culpa to one Jason Slavsky. It does come with caveats, though. The big, oh, okay. apolo- the big apology that I have to give is clearly, despite the howler that Paul Pogba had this, this past week, and it was really just the, ham- the crazy, idiotic handball, I mean, he said it. He's not just saying it. Mourinho has freed him up, and 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 you can see it the last few matches. It's Mourinho was kind of the two of them were almost trying to figure out how to let Pogba be Pogba the best way he could, and he's done it. And I so totally that one unequivocal. Whenever that outrage I had about the way he's handled Pogba, no, he's handled him beautifully, and I think he'll have a loyalist forever. I also have to apologize because he clearly hasn't lost it. Clearly hasn't lost it. And they are coming up hard and coming up fast. Now, here's the caveat. I still don't know that he's the right manager for this team. I still don't know that he's, he's going to do what you want him to do. And I'll, I'll say why, and then I want you to give me the rah-rah and tell me why I'm wrong. This team is utterly dependent on Zlatan right now. Which, again, another thing, very surprised that Zlatan could carry a team, but very dependent on Zlatan right now. And the other thing is, he's doing that Mourinho thing where he's killing off your youth. He is killing off your youth, and in a year and a half, when everybody hates his guts and he's run out on a rail, you're going to have players who are not as far along as they should be. And I hand it off to you. Okay. Well, I'll I'll actually address the last point on killing off the youth, because... Um, what person on the team right now would you want to start ahead of anyone that starts right now on this team? Marcus Rashford right now does not deserve to start on this team. Mkhitaryan clearly should be starting on this team. Martial, last time I checked, was 20 years old, and he's now been starting on this team the last four or five games left. Um, who else would you like to start? Zlatan is on a hot streak. He scored 13 goals in his last 13. I agree with you that he's totally depend on him right now, but there's no one else... Of these other young guys that are either on the bench or either loaned out that are ready to play on this team yet. And I think he knows that. And you can't 
and and Mourinho, on the other hand, I think he's the right man for the job because I'm going to give you the right. The other two Muppets that we had before him have uh, did not clearly embrace the fans, did not clearly embrace the history of this club. He, he keeps on talking about how he's allowing Ferguson into his inner circle of coaching abilities now and recognize that he is li- he is listening to him. The fans love him now uh, to the fact the matter is that a, they gave him a chance, and B, he's saying he's saying all the right things, and he's trying to play in a way that is appeasing to the fans. The la- since he's inserted Mkhitaryan in this lineup, and I think it just took him a while to figure it all out and find out who's his best team. He has his best team. His best eleven was the best eleven that played last last week, uh, and uh, I think you're gonna see a lot more out of this. I think you'll see Zlatan. I don't think I don't think any striker could keep this up. If you're gonna say that. Manchester United is, is dependent on Zlatan, then I will tell you that Chelsea is currently dependent on Kosa, even despite last week's performance by Chelsea. Um, so You got uh, in that quick. <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, there's my rebuttal, my rah-rah rebuttal. Um, and I have la- and we should have won the game the last Both week anyway. We, we should have uh, got the three points. We had the better chances against Liverpool. Um, the Liverpool fans that I've discussed with and talked to have said that I was watching a completely different game. But when you have... Three oh, you were one, offside for you, you well, we, well, we deserved the goal to begin with because we, I think we created the better chances flat out. We had three 1v1 so opportunities. So spiritually, you deserved the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you deserve a goal, right? You deserve a goal, you deserve a goal on the amount of work. Whether the goal was offside or not, we had a great save by, a great save by Mignolet on Zlatan's free kick. You had a you had three v one v ones two by Mkhitaryan and one by Pogba that should have went in the net. So I would say we should have won the game at least two one. I agree with you. All fair, all fair. Except you weren't good enough to do it. No, I agree with <laughs> you, but I, I think I, no, I, I'm not being a jerk. I agree with you, and I think that's that's might be indicative of a little bit of the problem, which is you should have won the match. You should have won it kind of handily, and you know. Again, it's early. You, he, if if this is a resurgence under under Mourinho, if this is a resurgence, resurgence, it's it's early. But if it's not, then you've gotten into this part of the game where you can beat anybody you know who's be- below you basically, but anybody at your level or higher in the tables, you you can't perform against. And, um. I don't know. We beat Tottenham. Apparently, they're you know they're, they're playing the best out of everyone right now. We just talked about. We beat Spurs, and we didn't even play our best game. Yeah, but that's yeah. It was a different. I... And we drew twice against Liverpool. I mean, you know, look at this. Look at this way. The teams above us are always going to be a tough match. Whether or not you could win those games, you could lose those games, or even draw those games. Those are never a gimme, in my opinion. Teams are above you, so everyone below us, we clearly are. We clearly know what the top six is right now. We're still six, even on this fifth game on beaten run. But the key thing I've been reminding people is the point gaps are now shrunk. It's a five-point gap between second, where it was maybe two mo- a month and a half ago. It was close to ten. We've cut in the gap, and it's still a full three, four months away from deciding who's going to oh, get yeah. second, who's going to get fifth. And oh, yeah. I can see, I can see a likely scenario where you're going to have Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool. And United going after those spots, and they could go. And one of those teams could go fifth, and any of those teams could go second. One of the problems that you have, though, and I think again, this is another thing that's indicative of 
it could be nothing. If you if, if if it's a resurgence, we'll know in a month, six weeks, whether it's a resurgence or you've kind of plateaued and this is where you're going to be. But your goal difference is going to start to tell. I think that's going to be the indicator as we head into this, short of you guys just going on a massive winning run against everybody that you look at. But, you know, the goal difference in the top four is kind of staggering at this point um, compared to City and United. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you got Chelsea 30, Spurs 29, Liverpool 25, Arsenal 26, and City is 15, and you guys are 12. Now, I know you had some rough matches at the at the beginning of the season, but if you don't start turning that number around, then that's also indicative. And then there's this weird underlying Mourinho kind of st- – you're not playing stodgy, and yet your results are stodgy. You know, does that make sense? That you're not playing one nil football, yeah. but you're ending up with a lot of one nil results. No, I understand, and and I think what's going to happen, we're going to know at the end of the day. It's right now we're six for we're a reason because, like I said, we should have won the game against Liverpool, but we didn't create the chances. We you know we didn't we wasted our chances, and that's going to be the key. Are we going to be? Are some of these guys? Is Mkhitaryan going to be able to put some of these? some of these goals in. Is Martial going to get on a hot streak? Is Juan Mata going to put in some some goals, which he has already? Um, we're going to need we're going to need a, we're going to need a lot of bunch. We're going to need a lot of the people to pitch in. I don't think we're going to get the goal differential. We're not going to well, get we, the thirty. We're not going to get that. No, but you got to get it up to twelve. The thing that's yeah. killing you though, uh, and and uh, all the teams have a reason why Chelsea are where they are. They are, and not uh, the other five teams in that sort of top six is the number of draws. Losses don't kill us, as a rule. Yeah. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't decide the championship. Because you look, most of the other teams, apart from City, City have got a bit of a funny one, but they've all got one... Uh, you know, Tottenham's only lost two games. Yep. Liverpool's only lost two games. Arsenal's only lost three. Chelsea lost only three. But they've only drawn one. It's the draws that kill you. Everyone else below... Uh, in the, the They've all got five and six draws. Uh, Man has like, got seven. Yeah. I like how Barry has come to the Fernando theory of draws. That kills me. <laughs> I see my brother-in-law over Christmas. Is, also. Be, he and I sat what, down and we talked what, about it. And yeah, I mean, maps. what Barry's saying, I firmly believe that to be true. It is the draws. There. I mean, and, you know, Barry just Worse than the loss. Tottenham, Liverpool, six draws each. Arsenal, five yep. draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester United have seven draws. I mean... You think about that. Just even if half of those points. go the other way uh, for each of those teams, um, you're talking about at least six six points uh, added to the total that they have right now. So um, Tottenham with six extra points, they'd be one point behind Chelsea right now. So, um, you know, it's it's always the draws that kill you. And, uh, you, you know, you can – me personally, I hate both of them, but I can live with a loss more than a draw because uh, a draw means that you, you had a result – uh, in your favor that you just fucked up. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, I, I think the, the draw and how many more each of the teams below Chelsea get are, are what is going to dictate uh, where each team finishes, in my opinion. You know, um, not for nothing, I know it's like the hot take about Zlatan's going to cool off. He does this. He, this is what he does. It's domestic play. He's going to be mm. fine in England. It's, you don't have to... If you were trying to win the Champions League this year and you, Zlatan was carrying you through that, you'd be totally screwed. 
once you cut to the final eight at the latest, he'll be fine in Premier League matches. So I don't I don't necessarily buy the whole it's fine if he's carrying them. So what? Harry Kane carried Tottenham, I couldn't have cared less. It's it Gareth Bale killed, carried us all those years ago. Carried us right to seventy two points and they should have been in the Champions League. It's not the worst thing in the world. Hey, Gary Henry carried us. You know, we've it's sometimes yeah. great teams get carried and that's, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, I think the key thing for, for the Zlatan question is whether or not anyone else can chip in. Yeah. That's what's going to yep. make them contenders. Zlatan's scored 14 goals. He's, he's on track to score probably 20 to 25 goals in the season. I, yeah. I predict it'll be around about 25. I don't think there's another player with, in double digits right now. Hey? I don't think oh, there's another your, player oh, on, oh, okay, on United. Your, there's no one with United, double digits. No. no, and that's the key bit. Because if you look at Costa, for instance, the rest of the team have actually, uh, I believe, you've scored, let me have a look here, 45 goals and he's scored 14 of them. So the the rest of the team's chipped in with 30, 31 goals. Arsenal, 48 goals. Um, Liverpool's, Liverpool have just, all of their team have chipped in, really. No one's, uh, that's 49. And Tottenham is 43, so 43 Harry Kane's gone, what, 12 now, is it? Something like that? Or 30, is he at 14, Zach? I'm trying to remember. I want to say 12. I don't. I yeah. know he's so, not. He's not with Latin yet. So, yeah, the, the, again, though, Deli Alley and people have been chipping in with another 30-odd goals. So, you know, that that's the problem you've got there at Man U, I think, Jason, is that you take 14 goals off that list. That's only 20, no, 18 from yeah. the rest of the team. Yeah. And even though there was, even when there was, like, even like the, I think the RVP year where he carried us to the title, hmm. he had whatever he had, twenty-five or more goals. And yep. if you look at the rest, you had about maybe you had about four, maybe even five guys four with double-digit double digit. goals. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and year had Van, that balance scoring. Yeah, Van Persie was just scoring a lot of winning goals out of like yeah. desperate situations. But there were a lot of there were a lot of goals being scored by the team. It was yeah. just the goals that Van Persie was scoring. Um, and don't ignore that Zlatan so, so desperately wants that American money. Mm-hmm. My God, he's begging for it. He's just, he's going to swim from Manchester right to New York, baby. It's going to hey, be if hilarious. He, if he comes to New York, I, 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 seriously, that guy, in, even at his advanced age for a striker or whatever, you know, he's going to rip it up. He really is. Oh, I, mean, I agree. I, you know, you just look at the, the dedication of the gleam in his eye the other day when they had the interview with him uh, after the Liverpool game. Oh, he wants, you know, he wants stuff. He wants, he loves knocking goals in. He loves making us, making the assist. He's just, you know. That interview the, was kind of like, uh, I saw that, I, I, I got home and saw the interview with him on, on NBC. And I, I felt like I was, I, I don't want to compare him because, you know, everyone's, he's been comparing himself to him since he arrived, but. That was kind of a, uh, you know, Cantona esque when he was talking oh, about yeah. the pass oh, and yeah. how he loved and how he loved making the pass and that's more important than the goals and all this other stuff. Mm. It was very Cantona like I thought as well, but I, I mean I want to like, you know, Zlatan Zlatan I think more. He's not Cantona, but it's just it's yeah. just it was just some eerie, eerie similarities in their interview that he had uh, this mm-hmm. week. Uh, yeah. But I want to tell I want to tell something. So, um, I think even with the draw, Fernando, I think uh, Joe Kinnear is still a better start than Mourinho. <laughs> if you want, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I, I know exactly what you mean, and uh, I will uh, tie that in 
to the uh, Kennedy assassination by the end of this podcast. So don't worry, guys. <laughs> I'm so hyped for this. I, I, I want to, I, before we leave United and go to you, Fernando, I just wanted to point that out, put that out there. Sure, sure. Before we go to Joe Kinnear and Chelsea and, and the conspiracy theory that wraps it all up, the grand unifying conspiracy theory, let's talk quickly about Arsenal. Um, they are arsenaling all over the place. You know, a rough, rough festive period. Could have been better. Could have been worse. Um, have our excuses. We'll be, we'll be using them liberally. Uh, but Barry, getting a little sick and tired of Sanchez's little temper tantrums. Nah, You're I'll forgive him. What's that? I, I mean, he wears his his heart on his sleeve. So I, personally, I don't care. You know, he he he's he's been like that ever since, and I, I've seen him at national level as well, international games when he's playing for Chile. He doesn't like being taken off. It's top. So it's just one of those things. He he truly believes he should be on the football pitch the whole time. And you know, even now, I mean, this is his second, third, se- second season now. I think with us. If I remember rightly, I've lost count. I've just got used to seeing him so it's the much. Third, I think. <laughs> third. I think third. it's third. I think it's yeah. third. So I, I still think he, he doesn't he, he doesn't look at it as a whole season. I think he's one of those players that's just playing football, playing football for the fun of it, playing football, enjoying it most of the time, and just wanting to be playing football because he still can't believe he's getting paid to kick a ball. It, it does seem that way. Um, you know, even when he's you, you look and you can see he's jet lagged because he's just come back from a Chile international game and he's still running around the pitch like he's this is his last game. Maybe he has made a pact with the devil. I don't know, but you know, it, it just that just seems to be his style of play. That every game is as if it's his last game. When um, when Arsenal played Swansea, we tend to make them look good, no matter what state they're in. Um, we've lost to them at times we should not have lost to them and even in this match we made them look good for a significant chunk of the bulk of the first half uh, the um, hey by the way I gotta ask everybody if you saw it was that a penalty on key no <laughs> oh sorry I'm jumping in there <laughs> it wasn't no no okay no it wasn't I mean, it was a great call because it was close, but we've um, seen we've had it given against us this year. Beginning of the season, we've had a uh, yes. So, uh, but yes, it was it was definitely not a penalty. It was actually a good turn, uh, no call, as they say. I believe in the NFL. The uh, um, but I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm curious actually, outsider's perspective. The the the, the Zach, Jason, and Fernando. You know, I'm seeing Arsenal being Arsenal like. They're a little bit more resilient than they've been in the past. They're significantly more resilient than they've been in the past. But as the Bournemouth match showed us, you know, it has its limits. And we still <coughs> want to be pretty. Um, and I honestly am starting to think, yeah, we're, we're not good for – certainly I don't think we're good for any higher than third. Um, and I think we'll probably be fighting for fourth with, with either City or United or both. But I, I want to see outsider's perspective. What do you You're guys literally one weekend away from second place. You know that, right? Yeah, I know literally. that. That's what I'm saying. One weekend. I think you're going to be fine. 
And I'm not negative I Nelly. I really am not. I, I, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing from Arsenal. I'm very, I'm very, I, I believe that they're much more resilient. Um, but I just, I just, I don't know. I got this weird feeling this year. I don't have it. I've, I always kind of view Arsenal as, as unless they are already up there, right? Like top two. They are the sleeping giant. You're, you're, you are what I want Tottenham to be. Get to March, get hot. And then turn it on. You, then turn it on. That's it. That's Arsenal. And you get, and I don't know what he does, how he does it, what deal with Satan Arsene Wenger made <laughs> to constantly do this, but he's better at it than anybody. If you we can French, stay... French spring water in, that's what it is. It really I mean... <laughs> You, you can be a point away from second on March 1st. I would pick you guys to, at the very least, finish top Zach. three, top two. Zach, uh, you know, uh, being uh, uh, or copying that model it involves literally being knocked out of the Champions League in February for like six years in a row. You know that, right? <laughs> I would take that compared to going to Turkey on a <laughs> random Thursday in November Are you and sure? having to watch them play <laughs> that uh, model. on Thanksgiving Day. No hey, thanks. Hey, Mr. Wednesday <laughs> Nights all to yourself. That model also <laughs> includes going to the Champions League year in and year out for how many years now straight? 15, 16 years? And I'm not saying I wouldn't take... Years, I would actually. I'm sorry? It's since 1996. Okay. I believe now, 97. Now, I'm not saying, Fernando, that I would not take winning the Champions League over that record. But nonetheless, I will take that record um, very, very happily. Because you know, you will, fourth you place is like anymore. a trophy. Uh, you want that? <laughs> I, people, people hate to talk about this because it's sort of like, I don't know, in their eyes it casts the shadow over the beautiful game. Guys, it's big business now. Yes. You, the TV money is going to get ridiculous. It's already big. It's going. The next TV deal is going to be completely insane then the bubble's probably gonna burst and we're gonna have a different conversation <laughs> but you want that money that money is club changing money now it's not just about the prestige it is so much more about investing in your academy being able to buy a player who can maybe put you over the top that's why it's important well the interesting thing is you look at nfl deals to show you know nfl has a big domestic um tv rights deal but it's absolutely non-existent outside of America. The Premier League, they yes, they get the five, ten billion, or whatever they're talking about per you know per year. But it's it's actually the money comes from all the syndications and things they do across the world. NBC paid seven hundred and fifty million pounds, I think it was, for a four-year deal to show the Premier League in the USA. There's no other sport in America that has that sort of deal from an outside broadcaster. That's the difference, and that's where this money's coming in from. The chi next China deal is going to be the huge one. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah, I think it's going to be a billion-dollar yeah. TV deal. Yeah, I think the yeah. Super League is deal. all it's doing is building up the Premier League right now because people are watching it like, mm. well... Um, all right, we uh, we still have it to talk about segue into Chelsea. <laughs> we have to still talk about Liverpool, and I just don't want to. Um, which is not a knock on Liverpool, but 
I can I just add one interesting thing that was that we did hear from uh, from Klopp about Liverpool was he said he'd learned from last year and this year they've only been working in short bursts to do the high press because we always wondered how they were going to cope with doing the high press all the time and he said no I have them thinking more about when to do the high press which we saw in the Man U game just a thought in terms of whether or not Liverpool are going to run out of steam we always knew the Klopp was smart and we knew that when he came in kind of in the, in the middle of the season, that we were going to have a little bit of a break, but he was only going to get better and smarter. But, Fernando, let us wrap up with the team that must be talked about in, with, with reverence, with quiet dignity, and with grace. My, and, I, and actually, I say that seriously now because my, 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 my lover from afar, Antonio Conte, runs the club. And it is just – and we will talk about the Diego Costa situation – but the way he has handled the Costa situation, it's lasted a day and a half, and apparently for all intents and purposes, it's over. I, it's just like no bitching, no moaning, no squawking. Like you say, talking to the press like, hey, you can believe me or you cannot believe me. I mean, this guy, you know, he had a rough start, and he said, okay, now I'm going to do what I do. This is, this is a great team to watch. This is just a great team to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't disagree with anything you said, although I will say the difference between the uh, drama being extended past Saturday is that Chelsea actually went out and won the game. Um, Had they drawn that game or lost that game, um, you would see the story, um, you would have seen it intensify uh, by the time we get to the game uh, against Hull on Saturday. So. Um, so yes, I agree with you. He handled it well, but I think he, he was also fortunate that the team went out there and scored three goals without him. So, um, yeah. I mean, do you ascribe I mean, that to luck then, or do you think the team themselves got together and said, "No, we're going to show him"? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, you know, the the way you saw Leicester tear City apart a couple of weeks ago, um, I was sort of bracing for that kind of. Uh, not so much that I thought they would beat us, but I, I thought that we were going to get. Uh, a real performance out of them, um, and that simply wasn't the case. So um, when we took advantage of that, we won three 0 No complaints here. Um, but uh, you know, uh, he's done. I'm a great glad job. you don't have any complaints about it. I was nervous about your <laughs> happiness with the match. Yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, it's great right now. Um, you know, and so I mean, if you compare it to just a year ago, you know, where uh, Goose Hiddink in his uh, uh, tour of draws for the rest of the season, pretty much. Um, compared to right now, I mean, um, he's done a great job with essentially the same team. Um, you know, obviously, they, we had a Conte who's uh, been uh, absolutely fantastic um, since he's come here. Um, but, um, you know, he's, he's just the mentality that he's brought um, has been fantastic. And um, you know, the, all of them believe now. There's this confidence in every single one of the players. Um, he's got Victor Moses looking like a competent footballer mm-hmm. week in and week out. Um, and so you put that all together. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just been an, an amazing turnaround. And you know, should Chelsea um, win the league this year, you know, you're you're looking at the manager of the year. And if Costa keeps it up, you know, he's the player of the year. Um, so, I mean, I, 
you know, it's just really been kind of an astonishing uh, turnaround. And, um, you know, and Conte's a no-fuss kind of guy. You know, he's a Do you think human. Conte should go out and actually buy someone in the striker role just to hammer it home to um, uh, Diego Costa? You aren't everything to this team. Well, I mean, I think he was going to do that anyway, um, and, and mostly uh, as cover for injury uh, for Costa um, because he's so susceptible to that. Even though he's been playing most of the of the games this year, I mean, his his you know, you take the two other years that he's been here, they've been littered with injuries, um, mostly in his hamstrings uh, from time to times. Uh, I just think that with uh, with Batman not being uh, up to snuff yet, um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, it just would have been a logical thing anyway to bring someone else in as cover. Um, you, you know, uh, just jumping right ahead to the Costa thing, you know, I think. Uh, every year for the past two years, he's been rumored to be going back to Spain. So I'm not saying it's not going to happen after this season is over, but, um, you know, uh, Costa is a drama queen. And so it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year we win the league and all of a sudden he wants to stay. So um, we'll see how it turns out. If he leaves, he leaves. Chelsea will, I'm sure, get uh, a very good player to fill his boots. So, um, and, you know, I trust Conte with bringing in that player. So, um, again, uh, I just think we're in a really good position right now, and it's up to the uh, the team to see it through. You know who's available and in the best shape of his life, right? Hmm. Hmm. Emmanuel Adebayor. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. He's not available. He's at the Africa Cup. True. Is he? True. Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Not having a team. He is actually playing. Surprised he didn't go he on strike. Play. No, he's playing. He, he no, he never went on strike. He never went on strike just with the national team. Before we get team. on the Costa thing, though, I, I mean, I do want to... Has anyone noticed the hypocritical nature of the reporting on Diego Costa going to China and Dimitri Payet wanting to go home to his family in Marseille? Well, I, the, but it's you know, different. It's two Payet different stories. has gone on strike and they're saying, oh, you know, he's, he's despicable. He shouldn't be, you know, he should be playing, this, that, and the other... And yet, and the, the, no one's acknowledged the fact that his family haven't settled in the East End of London, which is, to some extent, not a surprise because that's not the most cosmopolitan area of London, <laughs> you know. And 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 yet, you know, and Diego Costa there, on the other hand, is not actually getting that vilified for wanting to have part of four hundred and thirty thousand pounds a week. You know why? Because there's a manliness thing about it. You know, there's a tough guy thing about it. It's you know, to want to go somewhere because they want to pay you an insane amount of money, there's only so much arguing you could do about that. There's only so exactly. far you can go before you could say, but that's a crazy amount of money that they're going to pay him. But Dimitri Payet, it's like, you know, there's a, there's this, it's, you just go, man up, you know, put your family in central London and drive a little further or leave your family in Marseille. Other players have done it and go home when you can. And, but it's like, Payet's a punk, and he's done this. It's how he got to West Ham. I think it's. Well, no, I think it also has to do with the no, fact that he didn't it's get Payet. to West Ham. So I will defend him on this because Marseille were forced to sell him to West Ham because they needed to balance the books. He didn't want to leave. I don't remember the story well, well, that way. I remember he was agitating for a move. No, well, no, he was that. agitating for a move from San Etienne to PSG originally. 
and he went and strike when he was younger. He went on strike at Saint Etienne. Yeah, and I thought he did the same. Or he let no. it be known that he was happy to go. He, no, the the, the 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 Marseille thing was Marseille. He was happy at Marseille, and he he was forced sold because they needed the nearly twelve million pounds to balance their books and become in compliant with the uh, UEFA rules. Well, look, I, you know, if if it's about family, all Payet has to do is call our best friend Ken Bates, and I'm sure Ken Bates has some uh, has some pull with Roman, and he can get him the suite at the Chelsea Hotel. <laughs> No problem. All right, guys. And we're talking about fancy West London living right here. Get you out of that East East End uh, and, bullshit and that he's in. And there. the clubs too, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What's yeah. he What's he on right now? What's his money situation? I don't know, but it's... Uh, I, I think he's fine. I think that it's bullshit. That's why the difference is. Costa is life-changing, family-changing money. Yeah. It is obs- it's it's an obscene amount of money. This is like, bro, shut up. Just it's bullshit. Uh, your family's not settled. It's like you said, send them home. You're not the first. Well, they've gone won't home. Be the they last. went home. Right. They went home within about uh, and, whatever. Right. The kids apparently the kids are in school in Marseille. So shut up and do your job. Exactly. I, I'm I'm quite well, sick of it. Actually. So I, I call I call shenanigans on the a lot of you because some of you are dads and you should know what it would be like to be away from your kids. It's not fun. No, but no, but right. he's be- he, right. but he's behaving like a bitch. That's the problem. There are ways to a- even look even what Costa is doing. There are ways to agitate for a move to put down to 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 you know to drop tools and just go fuck it. I'm not playing anymore, which is essentially what Payet is doing. He's refu- he's basically refusing to perform and you know i'll even give costa credit that i think that he had it out for Mourinho last year i think a lot of that was subconscious and they just got tired of playing for him but what Pyatt is doing he is this is this is a bitch move and that's and that's why um but uh, i, I right. mean your I point is with well the taken. Of you, but there we go <laughs> didn't 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 west ham deny him the chance to leave before the season started no, because I I thought it was because they didn't get a they they didn't get a legitimate offer for him. They got bullshit twelve million pound or fourteen million pound offers. I thought that well, was the it. first offer in this transfer window is with twelve point three million, uh, twelve or 50 something million. They said no, we were expecting thirty now. Yeah, they come back and said twenty, so they went up from twelve to twenty. Yeah, and and but and if again, stealing this from the Guardian. There's a question: How is Marseille going to even raise this money? Because it's not like their money problems have gone away. No. Um, I, I actually think he really wants to go to PSG, but PSG is not going to pay the money. Looks like right now for him, and I don't blame him. Why would you pay twenty to thirty million for a guy who's twenty nine years old? He's a twenty nine year old forward. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, nah. He's old. I thought he was younger. No, yeah, he's twenty nine. He wants his one. He wants his one big payday. Hmm. Um. And, and, and he's on three million around. Oh, well, okay. the rumor, the, the 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 word is. I mean, there's an article. There's a, a French, there's a French watching journalist on the BBC who said that uh, he was actually he he'd been told he was he would he would not be on anything like the three million. He would be taking a pay cut to go back to Marseille. Well, I think Payet's even on record saying that he would take the pay I cut to go that. to Marseille. I, I, I believe that. I, I'm not. I, th- I thought I saw that. I'm not somewhere. questioning that he really wants out of West Ham. I'm not questioning that he's not. You know that I don't think he's 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 out off his rocker for wanting out of West Ham. 
but I just think how he's doing the way it he's done it is 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 horrible, horrible. Mm. But then, given again, given that you what we've seen of those two idiots that are in charge, um, <laughs> at or who own West Ham, you could quite easily believe that they've been completely and utterly brutal to him. But nobody's, you know what? Everything he's thrown around—that's not something that, that that's come up. I'm mm. sure, you know. Hey, listen, um, we gotta go. Uh... <laughs> oh, one other quick thing. I just want to say respect to uh, Graham Taylor. Oh yes. Oh, thank you, Barry. Yes. Can we all? Yeah, really, just just great football man. Uh, really fine in the, uh, the the English press at the end of his England manager career. But I met him. I actually met him once when I was working in London. And, um, you know, you see all these uh, quips and quotes about him being genuine and interesting in the gut, you know, in you. He was for the five minutes that I was stood there talking to him. He was completely and utterly focused and interested in what I was saying and had interesting answers back, which was how you knew, you know, it, it just was. Um, he's an example for Joe Kinnear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, we didn't, we didn't get, did we get there? Fernando, do you want the last word? A Joe Kinnear-esque last word? Uh, yes. Uh, Joe Kinnear sends word that he would like a tow truck sent to the St. James's Park car park to be rescued finally for the first time. In three years. So if any of you chaps can get on the horn and do that for him, we'd appreciate it. And uh, on that note, I think uh, I think we're good. Um, thank you, Fernando. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Barry. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week, Cheers. everyone. Thanks, guys.